Hello everyone, you're listening to Talks with Talia with your host Natalia. This is a podcast where each episode will be as if you and I are engaging in a conversation about wellness, philosophy, life updates, and everything in between. So grab a drink of choice and get comfortable. everyone and welcome back to another episode of Talks with Talia. It's your host Natalia. I'm so happy to be back with you all. Um, I guess a little reminder or like disclaimer because I forgot to mention it in last week's podcast episode. Episodes will now be bi-weekly so thanks for your understanding. I just think that with my schedule as a pharmacist I do end up working weekends I work every other weekend, and just with my schedule in life, bi-weekly was way more flexible for me to put out better quality content and, you know, longer, better episodes, and I also think it just makes for better conversation. It also gives people, I know there's so many podcasts out there in the world, and even for me, I'm an avid podcast listener, and there are so many podcasts episodes I have not listened to from creators that I love their podcast just because I end up having like seven episodes a week and I just don't have time to listen to all the episodes so I've switched to a bi-weekly format and I honestly think that it's going to serve the Toxitality community so well we'll get to have time to listen to the episode have time to talk about the episode and also it just gives me time to readjust and pivot and figure out what content I want to put out for you guys. Uh, If you have any content ideas or things that you want me to talk about on this podcast, I'm always open. My DMs are always open at underscore talks with Talia pod. Um, You guys should definitely just follow the Instagram again, underscore talks with Talia. This is a really good way to catch up with me on a more daily basis. See what I'm up to and put your feedback, keep the conversation going a lot of fun I really like it over there so don't forget to follow but before I get into today's episode now that we've got the housekeeping out of the way I want to share with you what I'm drinking so this mug first of all if you're I'm going to describe this mug to you guys it is a Starbucks mug but it is kind of like a teardrop shape with like a little handle and it gives me very Van Gogh vibes it kind of reminds me of the almond blossoms Van Gogh's painting that blue color in that painting is what the color of my mug is so love her got her in Paris and she's just really cute and fun and I am sipping tea today I have a floral tea it is nice here in Boston I think it's like in the 50s or 60s today which is amazing This good weather has been serving me, so very thankful for that. Also, I started going to yoga classes. I know I mentioned in a couple episodes ago that yoga is something that's a part of my life. I've wanted to get my yoga certification for a couple years now. Well, I'm starting the process. I am at this yoga studio right now. If I like it, I will keep going and I will get my teacher training there. But it's called Core Power Yoga. I really recommend um, you guys sign up for their free week. This is not sponsored, by the way. You guys just sign up for their free week. Your first week is free, unlimited classes, and you don't have to put down a credit card or anything. So there's really no commitment. 
and I went to one class last night at 6.30. Um, when I'm recording this, it's Monday, so I went to a class on Sunday night at 6.30, and then I went to a class Monday morning, and I have literally a class booked every day except for two days this week, so I'm loving it. I think the best thing I love about it is I'm a class person. I realized through working out, which I can do a whole episode on talking about kind of finding your workout schedule and your workout routine and stuff. But for me, I've noticed for yoga, I definitely love a class. Um, just workouts in general, unless I'm strength training. I love a good class. So I have been loving the classes. They're also heated, so you kind of get like that sauna-y feeling while you're working out. Absolutely amazing. I come out of class to a colder room because my room was heated. I, I can't explain how much I love that feeling. So definitely recommend um, if you are looking for some new movement, maybe check out Core Power, see if it's for you. But yeah, so getting into today's episode, I wanted to share that I will be moving again. <laughs> so I say this kind of laughing because those of you who know me, no, I've moved for a while. I've pretty much moved every year of my life since I was 17. Um, you know, I went to college, and then after college, I moved here. So a lot of things, but the good news is it's going to be the easiest move I've done so far. I'm literally just moving to a different unit in my building, which is so nice to finally be in the same building for more than one lease. I ended up getting a 15th month lease. So I will be here for a while and I move in, I think like two, three weeks right now, I think move like three weeks, three weeks from now. And I'm so excited. I'm one of those people who definitely is very like antsy and it's like, I just want to be moved in already, especially because the floor plan in my new place, guys, like I can't wait to have the content that I have been putting out I've been proud of it but I can't wait to have so many new spaces to film this layout is a corner unit so there's just lots of light like my apartment still has lots of light right now but there's a, a window in my bathroom which for filming gonna be so good and then just the way that I envision putting my stuff in the space you know having that fresh start all of that is getting me so excited, especially because it's spring, so kind of, we're kind of like dipping into like new spring, fresh start, like yumminess that I'm oh so craving. I really wish I was moving like today, but I'm not, so I am learning to be patient and learning to, you know, exist where I am, which is a whole thing that we are working on in therapy and in other places of my life, but yeah. So, because I am moving, I thought it would be a good topic for today's episode to kind of give you a little bit of tips and tricks and share what I've learned. So, let me give you a little background info. Like I said, I have been moving since I was 17. So, I moved out of a dorm in college. I spent two years, two and a half years dorming. No, sorry, three three years dorming, and then I was out for COVID, and then I was on an off-campus apartment, an on-campus apartment, then I moved into a full apartment in New York City for one year, 
And then I did a move from New York City to Boston last year. And so there are a lot of things. I've done, you know, both kind of shorter and long-term moves. And there's a lot of things that I've learned about. There's a lot of things I hate about moving, but we're going to dive in and we're going to talk about them today. Um, Let me just clarify why I am moving, though, (laughs) because especially because I'm staying in the same building. I love the view of my apartment, but the layout is just not it. It's not giving what it needs to give. There's way too many doors for how much space there's actually in the apartment. And for the past year, I've just been struggling so hard to figure out how to enjoy my space. Um, I come down to the common rooms a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, I leave my apartment for no good reason. And then when I'm actually in my apartment, I find it hard to enjoy myself. So it just feels really uncomfortable to exist. There's no real separation of space. And that's really why I haven't been put, I didn't really post a lot of like apartment content for this past year on my Instagram, just because like other than my view and how new and clean everything is, I've never really felt like at home in my space, which is so important for me as a human. I don't know if you can relate, but I'm really affected by my space. And I know this about myself. Like, that's why I knew I needed big windows and I wanted to face a certain away in the apartment or like in the building, I mean. But yeah, so it just didn't feel my best. So, you know, I thought about moving out of my building and taking my car up and you know, maybe finding a place that was further away from my job, but I could drive or a place that was in a different area and I could get used to that neighborhood. But I just wasn't finding everything that I was looking for. And this building kind of had it like I wanted a bathtub. I wanted a walk in closet. So found a corner unit and the layout is just I just can't wait to show you guys. It's so cute. I'm obsessed. I can't wait to move in and have all my furniture. Um, It also has like a true eating area, which is something that as I'm entering my mid-20s, I really don't want to eat at my coffee table anymore. Like sometimes that's the vibe. Like some nights, you know, you order takeout, you know, you're sitting on the floor, watching a movie, eating on your coffee table. It's a whole vibe. But some nights, like, it's not. Sometimes I really just want to eat at a table and be at a normal person's height with a chair. And that is on entering my mid-20s. So this apartment has that. Also, for those of you who may not know, my boyfriend, he works from home. So it's really important that he has a space where he can work and feel comfortable. And the apartment just wasn't giving that for him. So this new apartment shall do that. And I'm so happy for him because work is super important to life goals right now he works so much so having a space where he can feel like he can work comfortably and forever how long for however long he needs to work is really important to both of us and so yeah that is why I'm moving (laughs) so now that I've clarified all of that let me get into some tips that I have for any of you who might be looking to move or know you're going to move or maybe not moving, but definitely want to know more about the process and, you know, how to be more savvy about it. 
So the first thing when looking for a place, well, the first thing general when you move is, you know, you got to look for a place. And the first thing is you need to identify your budget and also your market, because depending on what month you move, rents might be higher or lower. So keep that in mind. I think you can definitely just Google, but I think in Boston, the peak is August. And, like, no one really moves, like, December. So keep that in mind. Also keep in mind if you live in a, like, if you live in New England and you deal with a lot of different weather changes, know that moving in December is going to be, depending on the weather, a lot more uncomfortable than moving in the spring. But also moving in the summer in the heat is also not that fun. So just keep that in mind, like, what date do you have to move by, what's your budget, and kind of like what climate are you moving for because that's going to shape your move experience, your move experience as a whole. Uh, also, you need to know that every city is different in terms of how they go about their renting. So for instance, in Boston, most places are like privately owned and the landlords use a leasing office to help list and rent their properties, which means that most buildings you have to work with a leasing agent or a realtor. And this means that when you sign for that apartment, you have to pay a broker's fee and the broker's fee is usually one month of rent. So when I was in New York City, a lot of privately owned like places that used a leasing agent, the landlord would pay the leasing fee. But here in Boston, the tenant pays the fee. So also beware of that because that will change how much money you're putting down your first month. Um, there are some buildings that have an in-house leasing office, like my building, so I didn't have to pay a fee. But with this, the rent might be higher than the privately owned building, so keep that in mind as well. And most places will require a deposit, which is usually one month's rent. So if you are using a broker, you're going to pay a broker's fee, which is one month's rent. Then you're going to pay your deposit, which is one month's rent. And then your actual one month, like first month's rent. So that's three months of rent you need to have up front in like cash or in a check. So just keep that in mind um, to make sure you have enough saved before you sign any of the paperwork. Also, be prepared for a competitive market. Again, it depends on what, what month you're moving. But I recommend looking for a place like 30 to 60 days before you actually move. This way, you can kind of gauge, you know, your living situation as well as if you can hold a place. Some places will let you hold up to one month and some of them will do it for like free. But some of them will have like you have to pay like X amount. So keep that in mind, too. And then also be prepared for overlapping. If you're moving out your first time, you probably won't have to worry about this if you're still living like at your parents' house or something like that. But if you're moving from like one place to another, you also might have to pay like overlapping rent. So for instance, when I was looking to move, at first I didn't think I would stay in this building. So I was looking at possibly paying the rest of my, you know, my May rent. So my lease ended May 15th. So I was thinking I would pay from May 1st to May 15th for the apartment that I'm already living in. But I was trying to get a lease for May 1st 
just so that way I could be on an even playing ground. And I knew that I was going to have to pay overlap of 15 days. I luckily did not have to do that because I'm staying in the same building and my lease worked out. But I did have to do that when I moved from New York to Boston. My lease in New York didn't end until June, but my lease in Boston started May 15th because that was the furthest we could hold out the unit. So I ended up having like a 15-day overlap where I was paying for the whole month of May for rent when I was only staying in the place for 15 days in New York. So keep that in mind as well because, again, that's how much money you'll have to kind of like front up front. Like moving, those are what the major costs of moving is and why if you ever talk to 20-year-olds and they complain about finances with moving, that's literally why. It's because you have to dish out so much money at once. And if you don't have that money saved, it can be very hard because you have to budget with, like, your paychecks and your other bills. So, yeah, keep all of those in mind. Because um, it is very rare that you'll end up finding a move-in date that's the same time as your current lease. Your goal is like a two to three day overlap. So for instance, my place here, I told you my lease ends May 15th. My new lease doesn't start till May 18th. So I have to pay an extra three days to stay in my apartment. And I'm fine with that because, you know, I don't have to pay a broker fee. I don't have to pay, you know, 15 days of an overlapping rent, things like that. So I was okay with paying the three days and that's kind of like the sweet spot. But again, it's very hard to find that. So be prepared to not be in that situation. Number two, make a list of non-negotiable non-negotiables for your place. Do you have are you gonna need a car? And are you gonna need to find parking for your car? Uh, are you gonna have pets? And then a list of things that are nice but not needed. So for example, I need lots of light, an open space in a bathtub. I was okay with settling for building laundry. I wanted like on-site laundry, but it was okay if it was in building for me. Um, not in, I didn't need a unit, but I needed a bathtub. And for my partner, he needed lots of light, open space, but he wanted in-unit laundry and he could take or leave a bathtub. A bathtub was definitely more of my thing. So now if you're living with someone, there might need to be compromises. Luckily for Charles and I, we usually work as a team in the sense that if we couldn't find anything, I was so willing to just give up the bathtub. Um, but we both don't really like to compromise in terms of things that we want. So we really were like, no, we're going to get a place with in-unit laundry and we're going to get a place with a bathtub. So in light of that, when we did find that, we were willing to compromise on height of the unit so instead of me living I live on the 21st floor now instead of me living that high up I am going to move a few floors lower so that way we could get everything else that we want and I was totally okay with that um, and tip number three is you can use websites like apartment.com or street easy I know that street easy is not available in every city because it wasn't available in Boston it is available in New York Apartments.com seems to have a broader range of cities that they cover. Um, and you can, you know, kind of Google and figure out if your city has another website that they prefer to use. But this will just allow you to kind of filter your options and save potential places. So I would kind of just go on favorite, like filter all the filters that I needed and then favorite places that I liked. 
And then once you have places picked, you can reach out to the number on the website. So know that you're going to make a bunch of cold calls and you might have to call multiple times before getting a response. And that's, it's kind of annoying because you think that if you make a call, like someone would be willing to lease their place. But like I said, it's a competitive market and, you know, people are busy, whatever. So you will have to keep following up, but it's fine. Just make sure you actually follow up, especially if you're really, really interested in touring a place. There were a couple places that once they didn't get back to me, like the second time I kind of gave up on them. I was they weren't really high on my list. But then there was like another place that my boyfriend and I were looking at and we were really adamant in seeing it. So he kind of followed up, I think, like a total of like three times before we ended up getting our answer. Also, make sure that when you're touring a place, you tour it in the middle of the day, uh, especially if you're only going to see it once. This way, you can see how much light it gets, and if you really like the space, I recommend trying to see it a different time at a different time of day as well. If you can't see your exact unit, make sure you see a unit on the same floor and side as yours so you know what your view and your light situation would look like. And if it's not the same layout as the one you're interested in, also try and see a different unit in the building with the exact same layout or as close as possible to your layout so you can get a feel for your space and, space and envision, envision yourself in it. Oh my god, I cannot talk. I don't even know why I have a podcast sometimes because I literally can't speak. <clears throat> but anyway, you need to see both of these. And it is very important that, again, if you cannot see your exact unit, you see one with the same layout and then one with the same view, because if you just tore another unit in the building that's not similar to yours at all, there's really no point in seeing your unit, especially in like a luxury building or something like that, where you're going to be paying a lot of money in rent. Like you're going to live in that place for at least 12 months. So you want to feel comfortable in it. So make sure you can see as close as possible to the real thing. And so I did something similar when I moved to Boston, but I forgot the part where you envision yourself and your stuff in the space. And that's why now I can't figure out where to put my stuff in the space. Because um, a firmly or a unfinished, like, white, clean unit looks so nice, but it can look very different from a furnished one. Um, also, if possible, most full-service buildings, so like the building I'm in right now, lets you tour privately since there's no leasing agent with you. And this is the way I prefer to tour. I, I just like being on my own when I'm looking at things. I'm, in the, I'm the same way when I go into a store. Like I don't really like a sales associate on me constantly. I will ask questions like, you know, I like... I like someone to be there if I need to have questions, but I don't like a sales rep or anything coming to me. I like to be like kind of in my own and like enjoy at my own pace, look around at my own pace. And with a self-guided tour, you can do this. Also, I find that someone trying to show me a place is trying to sell me a place. And I kind of just prefer to see the space on my own time. This way I can hear myself think. I can contemplate right inside the unit. I can stay as long as possible. No one's going to bother me. Um, I went to a unit one time and I kind of stayed like a half an hour just kind of like 
sitting there like not even um like if I walk in and I don't really get, like it I don't really get a feel I'll just like kind of walk out but I really kind of liked it and I was like you know if I just sit here and envision myself here for like 15-20 minutes what does that feel like and that's super important because like I said you're going to be here for at least a year and you want to enjoy your space um and my last tip in the section is just make sure you know the final cost of everything before you sign to make sure you know what you're responsible for so some places will charge pet rent. So, like, for me, my pets are an extra $50. So, total, that's $100 a month. Um, water and sewage is not included. Electric is not included. But some places, water, sewage, and electric are included. So, all these things will be weighted against your budget. And also, if you need parking, will you need street parking? Do they have street parking? Do they have free parking? Do they have a garage where you have to pay for it? Like things like that. So those are all things that I would add up into your total final, final budget to make sure that your not only your apartment fits in your budget, but then all these little ancillary things that you might not think about will add up and you don't want to overspend something or then be struggling to put as much into your savings because you kind of forgot about all the little tiny things that add up. So now that you've found your, found your place, it is time to plan for the move. So if you're moving long distances, you will need a U-Haul. If you're moving buildings at all, honestly, you'll need a U-Haul. And I recommend getting this sooner than later because you need to get the right truck size. And sometimes you could log on if you log on like, you know, a week or two before you're moving. They could not have any of the truck size that you need. Um, I made this mistake and... There's nothing worse than having to sacrifice furniture because you can't fit it into the U-Haul. Um, this did happen to me when I moved from New York to Boston, guys. I had to get a new dresser. Charles had to get rid of a piece of furniture. So definitely recommend to book sooner. You can go on the website and set your destination so you can find the closest U-Haul drop-off location from your new place. Um, also, people mention movers. I've never personally used movers. I know for a longer move, maybe like completely cross country, it might be better, but I've honestly heard nothing but bad things from people who have used movers. For me personally, I don't like other people touching my stuff. I have severe trust issues about things like that. I've just gotten stuff stolen in the past with other things, not movers. So I just really am kind of, I don't like people touching my stuff. I have heard that they've tried to scam people by like overpricing them or like, you know, losing their stuff, just like terrible horror stories. So I personally never use them. Um, <laughs> it was me and Charles who packed up the U-Haul and then drove my car and he drove the U-Haul. And I guess the most important thing is just make sure you pack efficiently. So I use boxes. You can also get boxes at, use, at the U-Haul place or at Home Depot. And I just, like, packed my things up room by room so it's way easier to unpack. So, for instance, I'll put, like, kitchen stuff in boxes, and I'm very specific how I label it, too. I'll label what room it's for and then, like, what's in it. And then for things like books and decor, I won't label the rooms but I'll say like, hey, it's decor, hey, it's books. And this way, when I'm unpacking, I can just put it in that area of the apartment and it makes it so much easier to unpack. Um, it just makes it so seamless. And then if you do live in a building that has 
like moving accommodations, obviously, when you're moving out of the building, you're going to want to tell the building what time you need the freight elevator for and, you know, how long. And then when you move into your next building, a lot of places will have like a time slot where you can move into to reserve the freight, the freight elevator and move in. So make sure you book those and then budget enough time to get to your destination and make sure to leave room for like breaks, like stopping for food and gas if you're going for a longer move. And then once you move all your stuff, it's time to unpack. And there are two people in this world, people who, and the two people who, in terms of packing and unpacking, in terms of packing, there are two packers, ones who like, slowly pack up weeks in advance, have all their stuff packed up, and those who unpack the night before. I am someone who packs literally, literally the night before. I will pack up at midnight to move. I'm the worst. To move, to go on vacation, the worst. But then there are two types of unpackers. Those who slowly unpack, you know, might take them days, weeks, sometimes months, and those who unpack literally the day of and try to put as much as they can away and then be all moved in. So let me know in the comments of this episode and in my DMs which kind of packer and unpacker you are. I am, like I said, the last minute packer. I'm also the immediate unpacker. Like I like to have my stuff unpacked the day of. I already have a plan. I'm going to move on Thursday, unpack as much as I can. Friday, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to unpack after work. My goal is by Monday to have the apartment fully unpacked, fresh flowers in the rooms, like all settled, all glory, good, everything good, and then make a list of things that I need to, you know, put in the apartment. But anything that I move, unpack by Monday. But I know people who will have their stuff in boxes for a month afterward, and I just find it so funny. Um, kind of like how our personalities are. So let me know which one you are because I find it fun. And I think this time in this apartment, like I said, I am going to speedily unpack, but then I'm going to make a list for the furniture I need. I'm going to try and not get it all at once and kind of have a little bit of patience, especially with artwork. I plan to go to like thrift stores this summer and fill my home with things from like my travel and my experiences. And so I'm really excited to have a new space to decorate and fully plan out. I've been going on Pinterest and saving, like, things that I want. Like, I have a whole idea for a whole entryway that I want to do. And just put more love and care into this place because I will be here for at least 15 months. And just kind of make it my home. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed and found it helpful. If you have any other tips or insight you want to share, definitely DM me on Instagram. Again, it's underscore TalksWithTalia underscore. And I can post anything you guys want on my stories so that way we can keep the conversation going and it can be helpful for anyone else. I will talk to you guys all in the next one and have a wonderful weekend. Bye, guys.